0: Hello, this is Judy Barkoviak from NLP and EFT Kids. I'd like to talk to you today about what therapists mean when they refer to a child having a trauma, um, specifically I would say birth and early childhood trauma. These are words you may well have heard. And I wanted to explain because the word trauma in therapy is quite different from trauma as uh, you or I might use it um, with friends, where we might say, God, that was traumatic or, oh, gosh, she was traumatized or something like that. It's very different um, from a therapy point of view. And it's quite specific, in fact, more specific than you might uh, imagine. So um, in order to, for something to be a trauma, um, it comes into the category of something that uh, we refer to as a UDIN, that's U-D-I-N, which is something unexpected, That's unexpected for the baby or child, not looking back as an adult or as a teenager, looking back and and maybe uh, from that point of view as a 10, 12, 13-year-old looking back, it might actually be quite expected uh, that a mum might be too busy to see your picture or a dad might um, dismiss what you say or or, or whatever um, or be angry with you. Um, we're talking here about something that's unexpected from a baby or child's point of view, um, and I'll go into that in a lot more detail. So U for Udin is unexpected. D is dramatic. Again, dramatic from the baby or child's point of view. Remembering, of course, that from the from birth to about the age of two or three uh, your child only really has that reptilian brain and it is going to feel it's going to be like a life threat uh, the younger they are and um, the more scary it's going to be really um, really frightening and um, dramatic indeed So uh, drama, dramatic, means that the child, the baby or child, um, feels that it's very dramatic. So unexpected, dramatic. The next one, I, is for isolating. In that moment, they feel completely isolated. They feel completely alone. Now, that can happen even if a mom or dad or family relative is there. It doesn't mean that they're physically alone. It means that in that moment, they feel alone. They feel like nobody is there for them. Nobody's maybe giving them what they need. They feel like they're completely alone emotionally so that's the isolating bit and then n in Udin, n is for no strategy in that moment they have no strategy no idea of what to do which when you think about it they're very young these things happen between the ages of zero in in utero and six and as we know Um, From the age of four to six, you know, they're considered to be children that can be taught. They're in school. So, of course, they have a prefrontal cortex. They have a a bit of a logical brain, might sometimes seem not very logical. I remember certainly with mine thinking, you know, what's going on here? It feels like uh, not very logical, but, um, but certainly... Um, When you're talking about babies in utero, when you're talking about um, up to the age of two to three, um, they're very much um, not able to have a strategy as such. So a Udin is something unexpected, dramatic, isolating, and for which they have no strategy. I come across these many, many times. Um, and when it may be perhaps described to a mum they remember it happening but they remember it from their point of view and n- their perception is not the same as the child's perception of course so sometimes I'll have mums saying oh yes this happened or that happened and they may be telling me something that happened in sort of year three or something like that but it's unlikely to have been the Udin where a particular block or limiting belief will have been imprinted it's going to be much much earlier um, where they may not even have realized or if they did they didn't realize they felt maybe that they dealt with it they went into the school they talked to the teacher but unfortunately in that moment where it happened and it may have happened in school the child did feel isolated in that in Through no fault whatsoever of anybody, it's just how it happened. So we have big T and small T traumas. So the big T traumas are what would be like um, a rape, um, a a severe car crash, a a really bad accident. It could be um, abuse. It could be a a physical violent attack. those are are of course thankfully not that common then we have the small t traumas these are extremely common and that's why they're actually much harder to work with because what will have happened is that something might have happened say um, uh, in early childhood as I said sort of you know two three the child may have some sort of memory of it but it's much more likely that their actual memory will be the small t trauma having been triggered when they're maybe age four or five where it feels like a familiar feeling like um nobody likes me or i don't have any friends or i get things wrong or i can't trust anyone or, or whatever um, and i can give you an example of, of that um, obviously uh, a confidential example, um, I had a, a girl who you know, is much older now um, and when she was aged um, maybe four or five, she was in a classroom and um, another a boy chased her with some scissors, you know, Little children's scissors, little plastic scissors or whatever, Um, obviously very safe scissors. But of course, to a small child being uh, run at um, or run after with a a pair of anything, um, being run after just when you don't want it is going to be really unpleasant but she was really upset she hated it she was um, she was scared she was really scared it wasn't a fun thing to have done she was scared the teacher was out of the room and then what happened was the she pushed him she just to defend herself she pushed him and he fell and hit his head on the desk now at that moment the teacher came in and who did she blame? Obviously, the little girl because the girl was standing there and um, probably with quite an angry look on her face and the boy was the one who was crying. Now, um, in that moment when she was being told off by the teacher, she was she had a Yudin. This was unexpected. After all, she'd done nothing wrong. She was just pushing him away. Dramatic, yes. It was very dramatic. You know, there'd been the chase with the scissors. There'd been the push, the, the head hitting, the crying, the teacher being angry. It was very dramatic. She was felt isolated. The teacher was against her. Her mum wasn't there. The child was, was crying. Um, she felt completely isolated, and she had no strategy. She just didn't know what to do. Um, And in that moment, then in that moment, you go into freeze, you will have heard the fight, flight, freeze, you go into freeze, where your conscious mind completely shuts down and your subconscious mind takes on the memory of this happening and lodges it so to protect you so that you don't go into this situation again. So what you you take on a belief in that moment, and the belief was, um, I can't trust anyone. And also that whatever happens, it'll be my fault. So there's two beliefs there. There may have been others. I can only remember those particular two. But as I said, it's much earlier that these things actually um, imprint such that this was actually a, a trigger. And that was the event that she remembered. And so this is quite often the case that the child remembers an event like this. Anyway, a few sessions after that, she said that she'd had a memory. And just because this had then opened up sort of, you know, her um, early childhood, she said she actually remembered something that happened when she was in nursery. And what had happened was um, and this is, you know, quite common really, isn't it? And, uh, you know, we perhaps look back and have a bit of a laugh about it, but this was serious for her. This was uh, a Udin that happened when she was about, she said, about two, she thinks. And what had happened was that she'd, um, she'd farted. Now, little children, they do this all the time. Sometimes big children do too, of course. Um, um, never women, of course. Um, anyway, so she had she had farted and all the other little children had laughed as you do but she had felt like they were laughing at her and that she'd so it was a yudin it was unexpected you know the fart was unexpected the laughter was unexpected um, and uh, it was dramatic because everybody was laughing suddenly she felt isolated she was you know the only one not laughing and she had no strategy she ran out of the room and she feels that that was when she actually imprinted the that limiting belief that she can't trust anyone and whatever happens it'll be her fault uh, I think probably that second one less so, but certainly that she can't trust anyone. So this girl went through school. Um, and of course, with a small teacher, but these things happen a lot, you can constantly be triggered. So you know, you see, um, you know, two children in the in the playground, and they're chatting, and then they look over towards you. If you've already imprinted a belief that you know you can't trust people you're going to automatically think oh they're you know they're talking about me or if you've imprinted the belief that whatever happens it's always going to be my fault you're going to think what are they blaming me for do they think i've said something have i done this or that or the other Um, you're going to if if you get something wrong you're going to feel that um, you know so small t traumas triggered on almost a daily basis and so when um, I'm working with teenagers um, I know it's a bit of an old-fashioned word for it is it for the teens Um, when I'm working with teens and mum's uh, talking to me about how they're anxious or they're this or they're that they get angry they get um, they have very low self-esteem what we what I do with the with the teen after we've sort of Really understood what the belief is that they uh, that is triggered in the moment, uh, as in now, in the current um, you know current time. Um, we then go back and we perhaps use timeline work, or we do um, some EFT tapping, or some matrix re imprinting. We might do some PTT, some picture tapping, drawing, and so on. To find out when these beliefs have been triggered, um, going back to find the earliest time that they're triggered, and then we can do some work with that. Um, in a younger version of themselves, to really look at what they needed in that moment and allow themselves to to change that imprint, I remember Bruce Lipton talking about um, you know when you've got if you imagine that your beliefs and your your script for life as it were is sort of on a tape in your head um, those beliefs and you're just constantly running that tape he said, if you want to change. Um, the the tape, uh, you can't just write over it, you actually have to erase what's there and re-imprint. So this is why we call matrix reimprinting. We're actually re-imprinting um, a, a new more resourceful belief. Now as I mentioned earlier a lot of beliefs get imprinted in the womb. Now, I mean, this is obviously quite a detailed and specialist um, one, but when you think that, say, the baby in the womb is is connected to mum and she picks up what mum is experiencing, so if mum it has a bleed or um, a fear that something's happened to the baby maybe the baby's really quiet or maybe there's a a problem between her and her partner there's lots of shouting the baby is picking that all up Um, and it's important when I do a matrix birth re-imprint where we basically go through the birth um, assuring the baby self that this is not about them. I know this is probably all very weird. And if this is something that you'd like to know more about, I think it's best discussed sort of one-to-one. But from the point of view of the baby, just remember that the birth should be led by the baby. So if the baby has come down and is aiming to come through the birth canal and is then taken out by through emergency caesarean, which quite often happens, <clears throat> and actually has happened a lot more in COVID because of uh, sort of a generally a more anxious um, and less relaxing um, birth. Uh, environment in quite quite often certainly you can't generalize but the ones I hear about obviously are uh, the ones where they have been quite uh, traumatic in the in the technical sense that I'm describing in so much as for baby it was unexpected they're you know they've got their head engaged they're on their way so it's unexpected to come out uh, the top box as it were um, it's dramatic because you know here they are ready to come and then suddenly there's a change of plan and uh, you can quite often find that children who've had an emergency caesarean actually find coping with change very difficult. Um, it's isolating because they feel they're on they're they're on their own. They're no you know it's, it's been taken out of their hands and it's no, there's no strategy. There's obviously nothing that they can do in, about it. Um, so. It's possible that when you're thinking, if you're listening to me and you've got a child um, or teen who seems to be particularly anxious or easily triggered, easily or easily, I mean, that's a perception, isn't it? What I mean is that if you look at what logically happened or look at the event or look at the situation and you think, well, that seems a bit of, of an extreme emotion there um remember that this is there's likely to be a belief that's been triggered that was from very much earlier on um and uh, it could be um could be something that you're not even aware of um in your conscious mind it might be an event that you can vaguely remember but of course you're remembering it from your point of view which is obviously understandable and uh, and not um from uh, the child's point of view. So enough about that. I'm just wanting to explain um, that when you read on my website that I do um, birth and early childhood trauma, um, I just wanted to really explain what trauma meant in that sense, um, that it is something quite specific. It's a yudin, it's something unexpected, dramatic, isolating, and for which there's no strategy. And it will be from birth to age six, um, and it will be something that for the child um, or the baby, um, it was like that. So it may be quite uh, difficult to identify um, without um, using sort of um, an, what I call an energy healing technique, which will be or art therapy or something that you need a therapist for. It's actually very quick and easy to to deal with once you've actually got that limiting belief because, as I said, you rewrite the the script, you rewrite the tape, and um, they're good to go. So it's not a case of endlessly talking about it, which is really why I favor those approaches Rather than the talking therapies that tend to focus much more on the conscious mind and why one might have thought that, and sort of more the um, the way we say CBT, where we challenge the thought. You know, have we generalized? Have we deleted? Have we distorted? Etc. So we're working on the thought. Whereas what I'm talking about here is much more. We're working on the the feeling. So, I hope you found that interesting and are not too heavy and serious, um, but um, I thought it might be helpful. Okay, bye.